Welcome first-time listeners and returners to the Sports Deli, where everyone deserves a seat at the table. What about f***ing Colin? Why does he not have a f***ing job? Because he's still being white balls. Why is Tom not speaking out about that? He should be his biggest f***ing ally. And he hasn't said one f***ing thing. A lot of people that have come on this show, I don't know why, they've gotten some good f***ing jobs afterwards. Jim Rome in the jungle. It's right here in the sports deli, baby. We got some good ass karma right here. Let's fucking go. I love <laughs> oh, man. it. I love it. We hope you enjoy today's show, everyone. All right, let's rock and roll. Today's podcast is brought to you by my Amazon shop. Check it out at amazon.com backslash shop backslash the sports deli. And you can see all the products that I've done videos on, my idea list, and my shoppable photos. I may make a commission on any of the things that you watch or see, but it's at no extra cost to you. And finally, check out my TikTok shop where I have a number of products for sale. Again, I may make a commission, but it's at no extra cost to you. Just go to my profile, tiktok.com backslash at Mike Hootner on your smart device. Enjoy today's short. We have to refer to him as Mr. Duncan. Like I, I'm just wondering. Yeah. Yeah, please, I'm very formal, Secretary Duncan. <laughs> there you go. Right, hey everyone, this is Who, and welcome to today's special edition of the Sports Daily Podcast, dedicated to the situation revolving around John Morant, NBA player, superstar, multimillionaire, and I like to typically hear what people have to say before I comment about situations. So that I don't have a knee-jerk reaction, because we've pretty much heard very similar things from various people, from former NBA players to people in the media, and we all know that it wasn't smart for John Moran to brandish a weapon. But you know, I, one of the things I think about is, you know, when someone gets caught for a DUI, how many times do they say the per the person has? gotten in a car, gotten behind the wheel, and driven over the legal limit, which is .08 in most states, before they actually got caught. Or how many times do people text while they're driving with the phone in their hand looking down before they actually get caught? Probably a lot. Now, I'm not saying that John Morant has done this hundreds, if not thousands of times before actually getting caught, but it is concerning. And so I want to come at it from a few different perspectives. Some of you may not know some of the documented incidents of concern, which shows a pattern. You know, why do people sabotage their own situations? It could be people are thrill seekers. There's a nature versus nurture argument. Uh, it could be that you're surrounding yourself with people that aren't necessarily good for your future, that you don't want to desert your boys. That you grew up with. LeBron James has his childhood friends as a part of his empire and he has a standard that is up here and anything less than that is unacceptable. And so it doesn't seem like John Morant is quite there yet and I think that he's going to get there. Now people argue that he didn't do anything illegal. Those arguments are ridiculous because there's a morality clause in the NBA and he's violated the morality clause that we know about several times. Um, and there's been some other incidents. And I, and I know that the Washington Post has chronicled a lot of this timeline very thoughtfully. Uh, I heard a couple of other uh, gentlemen talk about this. 
But for those of you that listen to me and you don't necessarily listen to other people, I want to just give you a, a brief rundown of some of the different things that have been documented just to show you that it's more than the most recent incidents. So the first incident that I read about was at the finish line, which is like Foot Locker, but it's a, an offshoot of Foot Locker. I actually think it's owned by the same people. Don't quote me on that. So it's a shoe store. And they sell clothing as well, but mostly shoes. And so John Morant's mom was in there. She got into it with one of the employees. Now this is concerning in and of itself to put her son in a compromising position knowing who he is. She calls him, he comes, not just by himself, but with several people, and a hostile situation ensues. The employee has to lock himself in the storage closet for like 30 to 40 minutes, and he's banging on the door, and this is concerning. Like, did it have to escalate to that level? I don't know all the details. So that's the first thing. Then, after that, there's an incident that same day regarding that same situation in the parking lot with a security guard. And so they go to the parking lot and all these friends are with Ja and push the security guard. So two incidents on the same day. So why mom called Ja and putting him in that situation is beyond me. That's a discussion for another day. There was another incident with a 17 year old, uh, Josh uh, Holloway, I think his name was. Ja punched him over a backyard game. Supposedly Ja flashed a gun there. There was a volleyball game at Houston High in Memphis. Um, again, Ja's mom was watching the game. Uh, her daughter was playing in a volleyball game. I guess somebody was talking, a little trash, whatever. Mom calls Ja. Ja comes, goes into the stands, and again, gets into it. Now, there's another incident that a lot of us know about at the Indiana Pacers game, where Ja's uh, friend, childhood friend, goes on the court, and he's suspended for the rest of this season, the 2023 season. So then... After he gets tossed from the game there in the parking lot. And supposedly the Indiana Pacers were getting on the bus and there were those red uh, lines, uh, marks on the faces of some of the Indiana Pacers players, which happens from those guns that have the lasers. So could not corroborate that story, but that's what we've been told, allegedly. Very concerning. So again, a gun is involved. Uh, there was the incident where during the Denver-Memphis game, uh, Memphis, which is the team that Ja plays for, was up by eight at the half. They lost the game. Ja only scored eight points in the second half. They got outscored 63-39. Uh, goes to Shotgun Willies and celebrates after a loss. And that was after a team meeting happened that day about trying to get on the same page. So he's celebrating a loss. Then the Grizzlies say he needs help. Then he goes to Florida for a week. 17 days. That's it. Tiger Woods went to a facility in Florida at one point for 42 days because they say that it takes six weeks to at least start to break some of these patterns and get through to the person and get them to see what their behavior is like and make some adjustments. But certainly not for 17 days, which included an eight-game suspension. You know, so this brings me to the point about Adam Silver, the NBA commissioner. When you give someone a light sentence or you have blind spots and then you're surprised later, that's on you. And Adam Silver, in my opinion, has done a pretty good job as the commissioner, but he's made some mistakes. He made some mistakes with Kyrie Irving and how he allowed the owners of the New Jersey Nets to treat Kyrie Irving like a second-class citizen and didn't criticize the owners. And basically, by staying silent with that whole situation, was complicit, in my opinion. He should have come out and basically said that 
Uh, he supports Kyrie in finding out more about who he is, and he made a mistake about not prefacing his post, but uh, he's done so much for the community. He's donated more than $16 million to various causes, supports the WNBA, gives back to the home. I mean, his silence created an, a narrative or perpetuated a narrative, and that's unacceptable. He hasn't apologized to Mahmoud Abdul Rauf publicly for losing his career as a result of David Stern, the previous commissioner, whiteballing, allowing the NBA to whiteball him. So Adam Silver's made a lot of mistakes. He's gone light on a lot of sentences. And so he's probably going to come down uh, on job pretty hard this time, but it's his own fault. So we'll see where that goes. Then there was the gun incident, the first one that everybody saw with Ja, and then the most recent gun incident on an Instagram Live, I believe it was. And then there was another incident where, in a post-game interview, he quotes a song about guns. This is after the first incident. So if you look at the pattern, so I brought this point up earlier about drinking and driving or text. I don't know why he's doing it. I'm not in his mind. I'm not in his heart. Um, but it's concerning. And he's lost out on a lot of money. And again, I just look at it from this standpoint. What's sad to me is when you have somebody like this who's a polarizing figure, his story is amazing. A coach at Murray State saw him in an auxiliary gym. He wasn't even in the main gym playing during a tournament. And that's how he was found. The assistant coach called his coach at Murray State and said, you got to get down here and see this kid. And the rest is history in an auxiliary gym where the main games were upstairs and he was downstairs and nobody was even watching or maybe one or two coaches were watching in that auxiliary gym because the better players were up top and he's improved his three-point shot and he seemed to be contrite and apologetic and then he makes another mistake and he has come out and said that he takes responsibility for these most recent uh, incidences but again the part that makes me sad is when you know about different cultures and the history of the black and brown community, not only from the slavery perspective, but from the sports perspective. The best players that have ever played most sports are from the black and brown community. Uh, fashion, in terms of fashion itself and with regards to pop culture, uh, typically starts in the black and brown community. And when it comes to the music industry in so many different genres, again, influenced so heavily by the black and brown community. And so Ja has an opportunity to influence kids in a way that I don't think he's understanding at this point. Maybe that's too heavy a burden for him right now. And I'm not trying to compare him to Steph Curry. I'm not trying to compare him to LeBron James. He's his own man. He has the opportunity to do something that most people just can't do because they don't have this kind of situation. They don't have his skill set. And then he can leverage that to talk about gun violence, talk about things going on in his own community, talk about what it's like to have a different kind of why because nobody even knew who you were until somebody found you in an auxiliary gym and just continue to stay on the journey and eventually your truth will be heard and seen by people. Similar to the Juan Dixon story, even though he's gone through a lot of crazy stuff lately, his why was different than a lot of people's why because his parents both died of drug overdoses. He was too skinny, 
he wasn't fast enough, and he won a national championship at Maryland, and then went on to play in the NBA for a number of years. So you can't underestimate the power of someone's why. So I wish Ja the best of luck. I hope he goes and gets the help that he needs. Don't know if it's a chemical imbalance. Don't know if it's he just likes the excitement of being around people who allow him to just be free and do those kinds of things. I don't really know what it is. I'm not on the thrill seeker side. I don't care about jumping out of airplanes. I don't care about bungee jumping. I don't care about getting on social media for the purpose of likes. I just care about being my most authentic self, leveraging that, listening, educating, mobilizing, being a good example to my family, especially my daughter, and leveraging whatever I can to help any marginalized group. And someone like that can do that at a whole different level. That's why I'm so critical of the Tom Brady's and the Aaron Rodgers and the Eli Mannings and the Peyton Mannings and the Tony Romo's and the white influencers in football because they don't leverage their platform to speak out about social injustice. That's why I love LeBron James in a way different way than I love Michael Jordan and Tiger Woods and Steph Curry's in that category also. So I wish John Morant the best of luck but I thought it was important to give you a timeline a little bit about all the incidents, not just the most recent ones that have to do with the two gun incidents that we know about. And I think he's going to get the help he needs. I think he's going to get the support from the NBA family. I think he's going to turn it around. I think we're going to see him differently. And it's just like a movie where we want to see character development. We want to see Ja go from here to here. Sort of reminds me of Andre Agassi. For those of you that remember back in the early days, he was a jerk. He would catch his opponent's balls when they would serve, as if to say, can you serve it a little bit harder? He was just he was just a dick. He had the long hair, he was seeking all the attention, and then later in his career, he completely reinvented himself. He changed how he looked, he was bald, he was respectful, he honored the game, he honored his opponents, and we almost forgot about the early Andre Agassi. And so that could be the case here. But he's got to come to the middle. He's got to meet... All the people trying to help him halfway and he hasn't done that yet so i understand uh not wanting to leave your your peeps and wanting to keep them involved and a part of you know uh your empire or your business or your company but at some point you have to draw that line of demarcation and if they're not willing to step up and be not only a highly intelligent business person but if they're not willing to tell you when you're doing the wrong thing and say, no, we're not doing this. We're not going live. We're not going to be holding a gun in public. I mean, that's part of why you surround yourself with good people. Because like with coaching, if I'm a head coach and I don't have an assistant coach who's strong enough to tell me about myself and that they disagree with some of my decisions, then what do I have them as assistant coaches for? And so in that multi-hundred million dollar situation, you got to have people that stand up to you and are willing to get fired for standing up to you because it's the right thing to do, because their job is to protect you. And sometimes that means saying no to some of the decisions that you're engaging in. So if you have any thoughts on that, you can always do the usual, send me an email, you can DM me, but um, I have faith in Ja. He seems like he's a, a good-hearted person who's made some mistakes, and it's, it's not my place to, to judge him. Just sort of lay out 
some of the things that have happened, uh, express why I'm sort of disappointed from the standpoint of how in the same way where we have all these different ways where he could leverage himself, right? Because he's this polarizing person, like I said. But then you have someone like Michael Wilbon from ESPN telling his kid he's not to wear a John Moran shoe anymore. And that really hit home with me, how much these kids look up to these people. And Michael Wilbon took a hard line and told his kid, don't you dare wear his shoe. So he's losing out on hundreds of millions of dollars right now until he makes the decision to make some changes. So this is who? Host and producer of the Sports Other Podcast. Thanks for joining me today for the special edition on John Morant. Until next time, much love. Thanks again for joining us today, everyone. Feel free to send me an email to thesportsdeli at gmail.com. Also check out my link tree. It's backslash Mike Hootner. Also like to thank a few people. 40 Tons Brand is a socially conscious cannabis brand, and they're doing amazing things. Check them out. We'd also like to thank Moolah Kicks, the first ever female brand basketball shoe in the history of the world. We'd also like to encourage you, if you're having a hard day, and if you're feeling like you just don't want to live anymore, all you have to do is dial 988 from any phone, and there will be someone there 24-7-365. So don't feel like you have to fight this battle alone. Don't forget to do your self-breast and self-testicular exams every month. It's really important as early detection is the key. Remember, Black Lives Matter. Reach out to your local and state politicians for any individual or group that you feel are being marginalized. Stop the bullying. Stop the Asian hate. Let's end gun violence with common sense laws. Let's be allies for the LGBTQIA plus community. And I challenge those of you in the white space to be anti-racist, to be bridges and vessels, to help bridge the gaps between black and white America. And remember, until next time, it takes a village, everyone. Much love.